Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, oh. we are live. Oh, hello there. God, I hope Didn't so. Didn't see ya. Yeah, I hope so too. But uh, we are live as we say goodbye to the UFC's August slate of events and uh, hello to all of you because UFC Vegas Eight just wrapped up at the Apex and in the main event we saw Alexander Rakic defeat Anthony Smith via unanimous decision. We're going to get into that and much more with all of you on the live UFC Vegas 8 post-fight show right here for MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Hack being joined by the rest of the tripod here. We have the clean-shaven Jose Youngs. We have AK Lee. And if you're watching live right now, hello once again. We'll get into uh, all of your comments and questions. So make sure you leave them in the chat. If you're listening after the fact, that's cool too. But let's get into this. We like to start these things with, with like a making the grade section, looking at the card as, as a whole. I thought overall last weekend's event was much more exciting, a lot more wild and crazy. So, AK, we're going to start with you. This week, very solid event for sure. But since you are the Prince of Positivity, what are you grading tonight's event from uh, start to finish here? Well, Mike, I think on paper, I think this card had the potential to be, you know, I use my, my gymnastics grading system. I think this card had the potential to be like uh, an 8.5. I think this could have been an 8.5 on the degree of difficulty scale. Uh, it did not reach it, unfortunately. It looked like it was on its way. It started off really, really well. And I, I overall, I still think it was a, I was still go as far as say it was a great card. But uh, the last two fights, probably a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a downer. So uh, I'll, I'll give it a, a little bit under an 8. I'll say there's like a 7.8. 7.9 out of a possible 8.5. So you people can do the math there and translate that to a, to a letter grade if that's easier for you. All right, Jose, what was your overall opinions grade-wise of tonight's event? I don't know if I would give it um, a letter or a number grade or whatever. It just started off started off really good. It started off hot. We got, a lot of, we got a lot of subs. We got a lot of submissions. We got a lot of stoppages. And then it just kind of – it was like a snowball effect. Like it started off fast and then just got lower, slower and slower and slower and slower. And then finally by the time the, the main event was over – I was like, I feel like I've been here watching fights for about 12 hours, but it's only 8.30 where I was. So uh, not the worst card from the Apex by any means, uh, but not the best. Uh, I would put it farther down the list of uh, from top to bottom, farther down the list of, of, of the of closer to the, the, the ungood. Uh, but started off amazing, a lot of great performances. I'm curious what the performance of the night bonuses are. I'm sure we're all looking out for that. Uh, there was a lot of great, great submissions, like I said. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, started off hot and ended with a whimper. Yeah, uh, 
Apparently, Jose, I mean, you sound great to me as we're talking, but I guess your audio might be a little loud for those uh, listening via oh the my. magic of YouTube right now. But uh, I'll give I'll give this a solid B. Like, uh, I'm fine with that. Like, we did see some great performances. We had a, a great, great fight to kick off the prelims, a great, great fight to kick off the main car. We had some big finishes early on, a lot of submissions, but I think a B is a, is a fair grade here. But let's get to the main event. And I want to talk about the leg kicks early from Alexander Rakic because those things were just absolutely ferocious. Like, they set the tone for that entire fight. Like I'll give Anthony Smith so much credit for putting on this poker face and walking back to the stool after the first round, like completely across the octagon, but the complexion of the fight totally changed from those leg kicks. Rakic gets the win in a main event spot against a former title challenger. But Jose, I want to get your take on this because we talked in depth about how this 205 pound division has opened up a bit with John Jones vacating. And this is a big opportunity for one of these guys to make a big statement, make a big move in this division. Rakic wins one, all three rounds it was, it was pretty easy to judge here, but was this the kind of performance where the UFC, the fans, the matchmakers, et cetera, they're going to be hanking, hankering to see Rakic at a title eliminator or fight for the belt anytime soon. No, not, not a title shot. I know he's going to want uh, the next title shot. He already said in his post-fight uh, interview. And I adjusted my audio. I'm trying to do my best. I'm trying to do a thousand things here. While Casey's on PTO, we have a new producer here who also happens to be doing this for the first time. So bear with me, folks. Um, but, yeah, uh, Ratchik, he looks good. It was 30-27, but it's not like he didn't, he didn't go out there and stop Anthony Smith. He didn't go out there and have a spectacular performance. He didn't have a Jerry Prohaska knockout. Because that's what I want to see him fight next. Because I think the winner, Glover Teixeira and Thiago Santos, uh, will, depending on how they win, would have much more of a case considering Thiago Santos went five rounds with John Jones. A lot of people thought he won. Glover Teixeira is on that tear. Uh, it's going to be a five-round main event, actually not a three-round main event. Uh, so I'd like to see Ratchet fight Prohaska. Uh, he does have the loss to Vulcan, the loss, I use in quotes, as everyone but P.T. Carroll thinks he won. And, of course, uh, Jory Prohaska put, sent Vulcan Ozdemir to the Shadow Realm over on Fight Island. So I think that's the fight to make. I see a lot of the people in our comment section are saying the same thing. But uh, if he beats Jerry, I'm not going to argue, but I don't think it's enough to get a title shot right away. Yeah, I think Gary has to be the fight at this point. Of course, AK and I will be talking a little bit more about that on, on to the next one Monday morning. But AK, what about Anthony Smith? I mean, those leg kicks absolutely sucked. Just watching them and hearing them sucked. But he didn't look like himself tonight. Like, let's be honest, as bad as those leg kicks were, like, it, you could kind of see it in the physique. Like, the physique wasn't there like it normally was. Not that this is like a big bodybuilding contest, but and he looks better without a shirt on that, that, than I do. But usually he has like a little more tone to him, a little more you know muscle to him. He had his moments in the fight, but they were very few and far between. What did you make of Anthony Smith's performance tonight? Uh, look, I, I'm actually I'm going to give a lot of credit to uh, to Rakic's leg kicks and and Rakic's just his overall the strength of his performance because he looked like I mean if we're talking about physiques and stuff I mean Rakic looked like an absolute monster in there. Um, so yes, I, I mean did we not see the best version of Anthony Smith? Okay, maybe not, maybe not. But I, I don't like to play. Uh, you know, armchair psychologist or armchair physician uh, too much and sort of say, oh, you know, was it too quick a turnaround from the from the Grover to Sheriff fight? Because it's only about three months, I think, something like that. Um, I mean, I, I, three months, five months. I don't know how months work, three months. But it, it does, it does, it does. I know a lot of people are questioning 
why did he come and i think we mentioned on the preview show why did he come back so quickly um for a guy who's kind of always talking about you know maybe taking a break or taking a rest he never seems to take off that much time and especially after that to share a fight which a lot of people thought went on too long it was very it was very one-sided in the later rounds um that he really should have considered taking a break instead of going, getting right in there with with a super super uh, deadly rising contender in Alexander Rockage. So uh, I understand the concerns. I I don't think he looked great, but I also thought a lot of that was because of uh, what Rockage was able to do. Those leg kicks early really slowed him down, and Smith's takedown offense later were just just out muscled. I mean, Rockage was just throwing him onto his back. Uh, in a straight jiu-jitsu contest, I don't know. Maybe Anthony Smith would win. But it, it, the way this fight unfolded, Rakic's top game was strong. His wrestling was strong. His takedown defense was strong. Um, strangely, he had, apparently had zero actual takedowns in the fight. I think most of it was countering uh, Smith's takedown attempts. But he had some like 12 minutes of ground control in the 15-minute fight. So uh, I, I think it was a good performance by Rakic. I don't want to you know, I don't want to poo-poo Smith's performance too much, though I, I understand that people are disappointed and we're hoping to see him bounce back after after what happened with uh, Teixeira. The third round, it was getting kind of interesting because Anthony Smith took his back for a moment and Rakic pulled the old Bobby Heenan trick. If he ain't cheating, he ain't trying, holding on to the fence. And that led to Rakic getting, getting to the mat and getting on top. And that sort of led to how this fight ended. But... You know, he didn't get caught, so it is what it is. But first two-fight losing streak for Anthony Smith in seven years now. So we'll see what happens with both of these guys. I think Rakic is pretty obvious where he's going to go. Anthony Smith's another story. Let's talk about the co-main event. Neil Magny earns a unanimous decision win over Robbie Lawler in the co-main event. And it was one of those fights where... I think we all had an idea it would go the way that it did, but I think our younger selves from like eight, nine, ten years ago, we had this nostalgic feeling that we would go back and somehow that Robbie Lawler would show up. But, you know, even final round Robbie Lawler, who I hyped up the entire fight, couldn't stop the slickness of the Haitian sensation tonight. A, a crafty craftsman, if you will, at 170 pounds. Jose, I'll start with you. When Robbie Lawler shot early in the first round, what was going through your mind? <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, see, I don't have words for it. My brain I cannot hear him. Oh, Jose, I can't hear you. You can't hear <laughs> now, now can't we've, hear Now him. we've lost your audio. All right, uh, AK, I'll, what do you think? Yeah, what, what, were you, what were you thinking? I'll fill in now while we, while we forget. Back. Oh, all right, no, we heard Jose oh, back. He's Jose, back. you're back. Right, you're back. back. Sorry about that. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Yep. Everyone knows my my misgivings with You're doing fine. You're doing Anywho. Uh, Lawler, Lawler. I don't have. I had no. I had no words for it. I. I wasn't expecting that at all. I was like, all right, let's see. Rob's gonna start out slow. He's gonna get pieced up probably in the first round. He's probably gonna laugh a whole lot, and then he's gonna start picking it up. And then Mike keeps hyping up this third round Robbie Lawler, which is apparently <laughs> the greatest fighter on planet Earth up there. He can walk on water and he can throw crazy spinning stuff and beat Carlos Condon and. Uh, win fights with half a lip, but then it didn't. He didn't really show up. We saw glimpses of it in the third round, uh, but it's it's the whole fight. And I don't care who wins because I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. Uh, I picked Neil Magny to win, like you said. Uh, I was just hoping for a really good fight. And every single time, Robbie Lawler clinched up. And now I'm getting more things saying my audio is low now, so it's just a great time. But every time Robbie Lawler clinched up, I was just like, "What are you doing, man?" Um, it's it's like it's like every time a fighter clinches up with Neil Magny, I'm like. It's like going to the ground with like Damian Maya. It's like trying. It's like what? It's you know he's good there. What are you doing? I tweeted like it's like it's like Neil Magny fighting is like watching a jungle gym. 
trying to fight. He's just super long. He's super lanky. He's causing a lot of issues. You're getting all tangled up. It seems like Robbie Lawler would throw a lot of punches and he would miss by like an inch. Or throw a head kick and he would miss by like three inches. And Neil Magny just stayed, jab, jab, straight, and then snap, shot him for a takedown to the snap takedown. And then he would like work for a Darce a lot. He was just controlling Robbie Lawler and just bullying him. It just looked like a taller, lankier guy trying to fight a boxer. And Robbie Lawler would try to get in close to clinch up. And Neil Magny would, would clinch up and then knee him into oblivion. And I'm just like, Robbie, you know what's coming. We've seen this for five years with Neil Magny. Stop fighting like that. But he wouldn't. He kept fighting like Robbie Lawler did. Uh, and he ended up losing. So, uh, But dominant fashion. I don't know where he goes from here. I'd like to see him maybe get some super fights. But... Uh, We'll, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to picture. It's, it's hard. I'm not, I'm not going to try and tell Robbie Lawler what to do, but uh, I hope Neil Magny gets a big fight after this. What made you react more emotionally, AK? That early takedown attempt from Robbie Lawler or the tweet from Jeff Neal after the fight saying, nice job, Neil. See you soon. You know, hashtag Neil on Neil. Oh, I can't, I can't even answer this because I actually didn't see that tweet until you just mentioned it. So now I'm reacting in real time. So, uh, yes. <laughs> he didn't actually say hashtag Neil and Neil. I sure. just kind of threw that in. Uh, well, mind. I mean, he should, though. He should really start using that. We all should. we got to get that trending. Uh, so, obviously, now my answer is Neil's tweet because I, I'm welling up with joy that we will still get to see Neil on Neil, the event, one, of the, one of the premier events of 2020, fingers crossed. Uh, I, I, didn't re- I, I didn't react to that uh, probably <laughs> that violently when uh, Lawler went for the takedown, though, of course, I immediately... I think like everyone else was sort of making jokes about Lawler's kind of wrestling and, whoa, whoa, why is this fight going in this direction? Um, it, it was, it, it didn't, just, it just didn't seem to make sense at the time because I think as Jose has already went over, we all know his best strategy was to keep it standing and, and make this into a, a classic Robbie Lawler war. Because, um, you know, Magny is a, is, is a quality striker as well. He's a tough guy to deal with in, like a, in, a, in a really technical stand-up battle. So I really thought Lawler would want to put the pressure on him. Don't let Magni get comfortable. And this and do, going for that takedown was the exact opposite. That was I'm I'm I've decided to play my opponent's game, which I really can't possibly win. Uh, and and uh, and I'm going to stick with it. And then you know by the, by the time he changed his tact and, and maybe in rounds two and three, it was too late. I mean Magni had already kind of decided this is how the fight's going to go. I'm going to grapple. I'm going to clinch. He did some beautiful work uh, with, the, with, the, with the tie clinch. He got some great knees in there. Um, and then on the ground, just completely dominated. So it was a little disturbing to see Robbie go for the takedown. But if you ever want evidence that, man, everything is different, you know, when you, when you step into that cage, we all, we, I'm, sure even, I'm, sure, I'm sure that wasn't Robbie Lawler's game plan. Once you get in there, you get hit, or, or you see something in the way your opponent's moving, or you, you, you just feel them a certain way when you start grappling, it can change everything. Uh, so... Again, it's easy for us to say on the outside what we think should have happened, but once Robbie's the guy in there, he's the one making the decisions, and, and uh, obviously just didn't work out for him tonight. True or false, AK, Neil Magny is a top three underrated fighter in UFC history. That's a long list, and it depends. And, and honestly, you know, anytime we talk underrated, overrated, it comes down to, like, well, who's making that call? Because obviously I would have Ryan Hall in there. Uh, <laughs> underrated? Is he underrated? He's not by me. If anything, <laughs> if anything, people who only listen to me would think he's overrated. I would say uh, he's crazy. He's got to be underrated. I mean, he's what yeah, two? Top, he's top two wins of... away from what passing or tying GSP. 
And, and it's, it's like 17 wins history. in the welterweight division. I History's said this. Time. I said this on the preview show. He's in the same class as Charles Oliveira. He just all of a sudden became a, U- a Hall of Famer at an like overnight. Like you look at his like resume, he has amazing wins uh, over former champs, and he has a lot of wins over uh, in a row. And he always just kind of falters against like those upper class competition. And he loses like violently, or he gets tapped. So. That's a different question. Is he a hall of fa- is he a hall of famer? That's that's an easier. That's question a good question as well. I for I sure almost, think he is. I almost feel like if you were talking about individual and not like getting put in for a, you know a, a, a fight in the fight uh, wing of the of the UFC Hall of Fame, I almost feel like you have to have at least a world title uh, fight under your belts. I, I I can't I can't think of everyone that's been in there, but I'm pretty sure everyone that's in the UFC Hall of Fame has either won a world title or competed in in a world a UFC title bout. So I mean he should. He has the resume for it. I, I don't think anyone would complain if he won his next fight or whatever and somehow ended up getting a title shot. He certainly earned it at this point. But uh, even guys, again, we say surefire Hall of Famers like Donald Cerrone, he's fought for the title. Um, so Magni needs to get there first. But he is he is unappreciated. I'm always hesitant to use the under, word underrated. We had some other people on this card who I would consider um, underrated. And I guess we can get to that later. But there was definitely some, some veteran names in here who would also be on that list. I would agree with that. Uh, we're still waiting on the bonuses. Uh, we saw one. Any, we have one. We have a bonus. We have one. We have the fight of the night. What is the fight of the night? Oh, we uh, know. What no, it is. no big surprise. Uh, Ricardo Lamas, one of the underappreciated guys I'm talking about, and uh, and Bill Algio. Okay, so that that was a that was a no brainer. Any bet? Any guesses on performance of the night? I I would go Mallory Martin and Sean Brady. Pauliana Viana and Sean Brady. Yeah, it's definitely got to be Brady. That was uh, that was a scary uh, guillotine choke. That was really scary. Uh, you yeah, you know, you put a guy to sleep like that, you have to get a bonus. But you know, Christian Aguilera was not going to tap. That guy is one hundred percent not. He, he he was he had a dead, his arms were not in any position to defend himself. I don't know how what he was thinking of, like how he was going to get out. I don't even think he thought he had a plan to get out. He's just like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fight it out. I don't care if I go to sleep, I go to sleep. And man, it's, he went out in a scary way. Uh, hopefully, he's all right. Uh, you know, the Mallory Martin one is good just because of how that first round. I'm, I have the comeback. results right here. It was like the big comeback oh. win. Mm-hmm. Pauliana and Viana, like, what's, like, she's on the top five or top ten, like, quickest submission wins in, like, strawweight history now. Or f- mm. So I think that has to do with something. Plus, it was a snapping a three-fight. Like, if she lost, she probably wouldn't have a job anymore. Uh, it was also a – I think it was a more violent submission because you heard Emily Whitmire, like, audibly scream when she got that yeah. arm bar. I think that's a more memorable. So I think it's – but either one, Mallory or Pollyanna, I think I don't have an issue with. But I'd say Brady, Pollyanna, or all three because Dana White is – who knows what he's going through his head? If he's even there, I don't think he's even there. Uh, it's official. It is Sean Brady and Mallory Martin. Okay, right. cool. I don't got an yep. issue with that. I don't either. I would have like if you gave it to Caceres, and I know he was probably like, sure. a huge favorite. The guy had three opponents, yeah. this, like three different opponents this week, and to go in there and and get a finish. I mean, he hasn't had a finish in a while, right. so that was nice to see him get that. So good on him. If they gave it to him, I would have been that's, fine with that as that's well. That's the uh, that's the other unappreciated guy I was referring to before. Now, uh, now, unlike Lamas and Magna, he doesn't have qu- his record doesn't quite reflect that. He's I think I just night twelve and ten in the UFC with one no contest, but a lot of those losses are very competitive. Uh, and he's just been around forever. He's just for he's been around since I think Ultimate Fighter 11. I think that was the season he was on. So he's been around forever, uh, and fought in the UFC for the 23rd time uh, today. So not a guy who I would call a Hall of Famer. I mean, you never know what can happen over the next five or six years. He's he's going to fight a lot more. But if you if he retired today, 
I would definitely call him an unappreciated guy. Not a Hall of Famer, but uh, Bruce Leroy. Good on him to get that. Bruce Leroy, yeah. He his 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 position in the UFC is to face these up and coming, mm-hmm. not prospects, but like they're that is their litmus test. They're past the prospect stage, like the Crone Gracies or the. Uh, Gia Chikazes or the Chase Hoopers and all that. Well, Chase Hooper is like the definition of a prospect, but he's fought a lot of guys that they've kind of tried to catapult. Like even Yair Rodriguez back in the day when they headlined in Utah, I was at. So Alex Saris is essentially a gatekeeper uh, and a phenomenal gatekeeper, too. He's never in bad fights. I'll put Caceres' personality in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he just puts a smile on your face. When he comes, walks to the octagon, like you just have to smile. The OG weeb of the UFC, too. Him and Roxanne. I know. I know. Izzy gets all the love, but uh, if if anyone follows Bruce Leroy on Instagram, he's always like gardening and like full on Akatsuki attire from Naruto. Yeah, he he, sh- he shaved his head, cut I know. the hair. I was I was surprised to see that, but uh, three straight, nice two straight now, two straight yep. wins. His biggest win streak since I would call it. He technically had a. I mentioned this on Twitter. He had a five fight win streak from July 2012 to January 2014. That was unfortunately broken up by a. Uh, a positive marijuana test. His win over Kyung Hill Kang was overturned, but whatever. Who cares about that? He did win five straight. Um, that was at oh, Bantamweight? That was, I believe, at Bantamweight. And by the way, if you're like me, I consider no contest what literally I take them as no contest, like they didn't happen. So I think he at least won four straight. I mean, if you don't want to count that no contest. Just five fight unbeaten streak is how five I would say. Five fight streak as well. Yeah, that's, that's, and, that, and that's a fact. So, but yeah, three, but three fight win streak is, uh, if you don't count that no contest, if you take out that no contest and only take that as two separate two fights this is technically his longest win streak in the ufc so uh he's peaking but like you said will they ever put him up there against like ranked guys Uh, i don't know don't know if that you're right i don't know if that's what they use him for nice win for alexa grasso in her 125 pound debut she looked great tonight uh so congratulations to her zach cummings nice win for him almost got a finish at the at at the buzzer at the very end of the fight he definitely got a finish i don't care what the referee said that was definitely Reyes. Uh, that was definitely Reyes. Reyes owes the mayor all over again. Uh, Impa Kasagani, nice win for him. Great fight. Uh, in his debut, turned around real quick against Maki Vitola. That was a fun fight. Uh, so good on him for for getting the victory, and then of course all the submission wins prior to that. So why don't we uh, why don't we see what the peeps have to say? All right, Focus guys, bear with me. Let's hope this works out. Okay, are you Mike's trying, head's are you a little cut off, but it is what it is. Is that what this little this little square? Here is? So if you oh, if you oh, want to right. chit chat, I'll try yeah. and toss up the questions. Well, the questions I'm going, going through there. YouTube comments now. Yeah. <laughs> so talk amongst yourselves as I look. I'm put, next. put your questions in this box, people, so I can caress Ooh. your brilliant questions. Here's one. If it fits. oh there it is there we go. It seems like it... Rakic Whoa. have been a little that... more aggressive. Oh. Question with got the real GMP. big all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what we would look at. Keep in mind, like we said, Anthony Smith's ground game is really strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he did, uh, there were some occasions where he was kind of trying to take Rockage's back. So if you're a Rockage, you, you have to do a, a risk, uh, you know, a risk assessment thing there. And in his mind is, is he, he's in his mind, he's winning the fight just by being in top position. He's landing just enough not to be reset. Is he at the moment thinking I need to get a finish here to impress and to really establish himself as a, as like the next you know one fight away or even the next contender? Uh, I, I don't think he's thinking about that. He's just got to win that fight. He knows Smith is very dangerous. He I, he I think he knows the three round fight. So he only you know he's in his mind that the seconds are ticking away in his mind. How much longer he has to do this? He could have been more aggressive if he won if he cared about getting the finish. If he just cared about getting the win, it obviously didn't matter to him in this in this situation. 
Yeah, I wrote down like because I, I I have a notepad that I like write as fights are going on just so we can talk about it on like the post show. And I literally wrote, "Why is he not throwing more?" Like when he had Anthony Smith kind of turtled up against the fence, he just wasn't throwing. He was throwing like now and he was controlling him, but like Ratchik was clearly stronger, he was clearly faster. Uh, he was he was he was younger. He was just better all around. Like maybe not skill wise, because Anthony Smith might have the veteranship, but he was, just looked like someone overpowering someone. Looked like a light heavyweight fighting a middleweight. And when he dro- when he clipped him with that head kick in the third round, and he threw like three more. And then Anthony Smith tried to take him down, and then he reversed it. I'm like Ratchet could just unload right now, and he just didn't. So I was wondering. I was I literally wrote, why is he not throwing? Uh, so. But that seemed to be the trend of the fight. Start off strong and just you know, I don't. Maybe it's a maybe it's a maybe it's a veteran thing. Like going forward, he'll open up more. Maybe he just didn't want to get caught against uh, um, a veteran like Anthony Smith. But let's go back to the comments. So let's talk Anthony Smith. Bless Should us. A- Can't hear you, Mike. Excuse oh, me. No, Mike's gone. Oh, there he is. Yeah, I, I'm here. I'm sorry. Uh, should Anthony Smith take a long layoff? I feel like he's been fighting so much in the past three to four months. He needs a he needs a year off. Uh, Jose, what do you think of that sentiment? Um, I think he should take time off, not because of, not for his health, because it's not like he got just destroyed in this fight. I think he should take time off. In the sense, let's see how the division plays out, and then he can match him up with someone. I don't want to throw him to the wolves like Jerry Prohaska, or uh, like the loser of Reyes and Blahovich, or like get, or scratch that. Call up Luke Rockhold when you want to fight. Anthony Smith, Luke Rockhold, they have to fight. Yeah. Anthony Smith can take all the time off he wants as soon as Luke Rockhold wants to fight. Throw him in there. I think that's the fight to make. Circle gets the square, Jose. There you go. That's the answer. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't. The, the only thing getting in the way with that is, uh, we, go, you know, going along with this question is, if Rockhold wants to fight before the end of the year, uh, maybe he fights someone else first. Because, like, because I actually am somewhat in agreement with Zeke Burner here that. Um, Anthony Smith really should take some time off. Again, we don't know how he's feeling. We don't know. Maybe he comes out of this fight, you know, after and he's just like, you know, I wasn't even really hurt. I'm just disappointed in my performance. I just want to get back in there as soon as possible. Entirely, entirely possible. That's what he says. Um, and it would make sense. Again, I don't know how hurt his legs were. I don't know how much, like we said before, there wasn't a lot of ground and pounds. So thankfully, so uh, for him, so he probably didn't take too, too much damage. No more so than you would take in, in your average fight, right? Um but, uh, yeah, that's the only thing that's getting the way of a, of a possible Rockhold fight. If their timelines match up, I mean, you just got to do it. There's a lot of heat there. Um, it makes sense for both guys. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'd like to see it. But otherwise, I'm all in favor of him taking a long layoff and just getting his mind, getting his body right. Yeah, I mean, no, no, November, December at the earliest, at the absolute. Like, I don't want to see him come back in October. Right. I don't want to see that happen. All right, let's talk prelims because you guys touched upon him a little bit. Which were excellent, by the way. Fantastic. Oh. This is a great question. I've From been Ricardo in the time, the comment section. Give him mm-hmm. a shout out. Mm-hmm. Sean Brady looked impressive. Who is a good real test for him next? It's funny. I've been thinking about this since the fight happened, <laughs> and I still don't have an answer yet because there's so many options for the guy. And Walter Wade is so good and so loaded that, like, Anything really makes sense here. I mean, he's already got a couple. He's got the veteran win over Court McGee, so that's a. I mean, that was a good win. He got his first finish in the UFC against a young buck, 
but he needs like a big jump up, like even even above like a Court McGee or something like that. So Jose, what do you think? What what makes sense for Sean Brady? JK <sighs> and I are going to discuss this a lot, but you know we'll give our sort of initial thoughts here, you know, right after the event. But what do you think? At welterweight? Yeah. Hmm. That's tough, man, because he's clearly a prospect and he's clearly very very good because. Christian Aguilar is one of those fighters where he's only his second fight in the UFC, but I don't consider him a prospect. He is a game veteran of the of the sport. He's, he's fought in LFA and the regional scene for so long. So it went over Christian Aguilar, uh, Aguilera in the uh, on the prelims is it's not like you're beating a bum or a late 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 notice opponent. So man. I don't know. Who's uh, Le- Lezez? Is that his name? The guy that fought on Fight Island? His teammates with Till? I like, beat- I like. I think that's just a fun fight. But he he beat Al-Hassan, right? Yeah. it's yeah. Or Al-Hassan. Either one of those cats. Those are like, but again, like I don't necessarily like prospect versus pro- prospect fights so early uh, into their careers. I know we saw the Mickey Gall-Sage Northcutt fight, but that just seems like a, an anomaly at the time. So I don't know. Uh, I'm sure you guys will talk about it, but welterweight is, I mean... Probably the most stacked division right now in the UFC. I think, like, what the one that I kept landing on was Elizu Zaleski. Hmm. That was the one. That oh, I, kept I like that on. fight. Yeah, I like, I like that. that fight a lot, actually. Yeah, 10 out of 10. I approve. Uh, w- one suggestion I did not like, which was put out there by noted uh, online MMA delinquent uh, Sean Sheehan. <laughs> He's, I don't, and I don't know how serious he was being. He said, uh, Brady versus Shemayev, and I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I've seen way, that. I'm a lot of people in the comments are saying that, and I just say not yet. No, I, 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 obviously, I, there we go. I see it right now. And, and look, I'm mentioning it because uh, we need to we need to talk about Shemayev. It is mandatory. Uh, we have to we have to bring it out during, either during either post fight shows or onto the next one or on the A side or, or all three. It's just you know the more we mention him, the the more the more uh, we profit apparently. But uh, no, I, I don't like that matchup at all. I think it's again. I'm not against matching up prospects. I'm definitely not one of those people. But these are two guys that I feel like are future world title contenders. And I would like to keep them apart. Somewhere down the road, they may meet. And that would be frigging awesome. But uh, next, eh, I don't really see the point in that. Um, I like the Zaleski matchup. I've got my mysterious, by the way, rankings in front of me right now. Uh, Brady was outside of the top 50 before tonight. He will definitely be in the top 50 of the welterweight division um, after tonight's performance. But I have another. Another name that I heard, uh, that I saw a few times on Twitter tonight, which I liked, was Gunnar Nelson. Um, oh, wow. I, I like Shamaya versus Gunnar Nelson a lot better. Sure. Shemaev, I like that. yeah. I just want to see grappling, like grappling heavy uh, fight. Or what, like Alan Joban is still out there. Doesn't he need a fight too? Why was, he, when was the last time he fought? I think he's dealing with an injury, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's fought since the – did him and Dwight Grant, was that the last fight for both of them? No, uh, before, Dwight Grant before, just fought last uh, week, before didn't he? That, before, yeah, before that. Yeah, before I believe that. so. But I don't know, but I can't remember if Juban fought. I think Juban did fight after Grant, though. Um, yeah, but that's a name that's a name that's certainly up there. Ooh, but I, I actually think Dan Rodriguez, maybe. Though, again, he is he is also kind of a prospect, but that's not one I would mind matching up with Sean Brady, to be honest. Um, and I know he wants to get in there as soon as possible. So. Mike, what do you got? Okay, we already we already figured out Daniel Rodriguez this past week on yep. on to the next one. It's D Rod versus D James Krause. That's the fight. Tonight. Oh yeah, that was good. All right, we're gonna hop up to the co-main event because we talked a lot about Neil Magny. Let's talk about the one who came up short. Robbie seems gun shy like Woodley. All right, so 
we, we touched on this in the preview show. Jose talked about the Carlos Condit fight, how both guys are never the same. Adding to that, the knockout from Tyron Woodley to, to Robbie Lawler when he lost the title, he just hasn't been the same guy. When you have, like, when you go back to back, you have a war, like an absolute banger, like you had with Carlos Condit, one of those life changing fights. And he's had a few of those. Like, he had the Roy McDonald fight, too. And then the Woodley knockout. Like, that guy has been through a lot. And th- that's just, like, at this stage in his career. Because he's been through a lot even before that. Strike force, the whole nine. But he's definitely... And I can understand why he's gun-shy at this point. I get it. We saw glimpses of Final Rod Robbie tonight. Like, brief cameos. But Neil was able to sort of thwart those, and we didn't see a whole lot of it. But, yeah, I would say he was he was definitely gun-shy. I mean, his team was telling him the whole time, dude, you got to fight. Do you think it's gun-shy or the fact that Neil Magny just would not let him, like, implement his attack? Because Neil Magny kept – like, Neil Magny was just tangling him up and keeping him at a distance. Like, I agree with you that Robbie Lawler clearly has never been the same. But, like, you look at the Colby Covington fight, like – it looked like he was gun-shy because he knew he would get taken down if he threw, like, head kicks and stuff. But then you saw what happened with the, the, the Ashkin fight where he was just unloading on him. So I think it's a little combination of Neil Magny has never looked better and Robbie Lawler uh, just hasn't looked the same uh, in recent years. Yeah, I mean, it's the old cliche, styles make fights. And right. I think we all knew when this fight was booked, we were like, holy crap, Robbie Lawler's back, woohoo! But then we knew that this, this could happen. Like, a fight like tonight could happen, and that's pretty much what it did. That uh, that Woodley Kale was the first time he'd been knocked out in twelve years. Think about that. That 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 changes you. And it was a clean, clean KO, you know. So that that really changes you. And I I absolutely see that as a turning point in his career because the Cerrone fight wasn't like a, it wasn't a good like, fight. Yeah, it wasn't a classic either, right? There was a little bit of if you want to use the word gunshot, a little bit of that there. And then he was outworked by Covington and and Dos Anjos. It's really only in the Astrid fight, which again you mentioned right. that. That we really saw that old berserker Robbie. That's that 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 to be feared by all, uh, Robbie Lawler. Uh, we didn't see it tonight. It's it it was it was it was really a struggle for him, you know. And uh, look, the fact is he turns. Um, he sorry, no, he turned 38 this year. He turned 38 in March, and he has in fight years. He's even older than that. In fight years, we he's like in his 50s or 60s. I mean, he's just been around forever and been some really really brutal fights. So. This game uh, is is not an easy one, and and when it passes you by, man, it leaves you really far behind. You know, it doesn't like pass you by a little bit and give you a chance to catch up. It passes you by, and you're pretty much done. So I don't know if Robbie Lawler's reached that point, but I don't blame people for seeing him in some of his recent performances and saying maybe Robbie Lawler uh, has reached that point. So, um, yeah, it's guys, it's 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 just sort of the natural progression of things. You know, I know we can all look at it as why why didn't he punch more? Why didn't he do this more? Why didn't he do this? You know, different strategically. And it's like, man, he's just been around for a long time. And at some point, uh, you reach the end of that rope. I think his next fight is versus Diego Sanchez. Does Diego Sanchez have a fight? Jake Matthews. Well, he's fighting Jake Matthews <laughs> on on September twenty sixth. But right, right. You could do it after that. Sure. That's what I meant. Like win or lose, you could make that fight, and people would. You know, people would get excited for that. I wish he was still in the top fifteen because I've always wanted to see Stephen Thompson fight Robbie Lawler. Yeah, I wouldn't like. I want to see Robbie Lawler fight like Michael Chiesa and Masvidal, and like I want to see those fights. But he's just it doesn't make sense for those fighters' careers uh, because Robbie Lawler is super dangerous and he's unranked. Uh, and I mean, he could like I would. Would you argue if Robbie Lawler headlines at Fight Night? I wouldn't if no, it's the right matchup. He's still that popular. I just don't know what is he. What is he? Thirteen, fourteen. He might even fall out of the top fifteen now, or fall to fifteen. Like what? They, what are they gonna do? Anthony Pettis versus Robbie Lawler, or something like that? Like I don't care. Don't I'm fine. That. I'm fine with whatever. But 
I know we're running a lot of time. I know we try to keep this short. So we're going to have a little fun with this question. Fun? Oh. I thought this... I thought... This is a this is a between the links question. Vadim Nemkov, Brian, I, I assume Ryan Bader. There's a yeah. lot. Nemkov, there's Ryan a lot Bader, and Scott Coker okay. versus Tiago Santos, Dominic Reyes, and Dana White in a okay. Royal Rumble match. Uh, yeah, first Who wins? Of all, first of all, uh, that's not how <laughs> Royal Rumble matches work. I, Jose, I, you you know, I both know. This is a triple. This is a three on three man hurricane yeah, yeah, tag. This gotta be. This has gotta be survivor. Is this Survivor Series? Like, maybe that's maybe an elimination, elimination style. style. Yeah, hundred percent. I think uh, this, if it's a real fight, I think this. I think it's Team UFC by a. I don't. A I don't. I think. I think a stylist. Like, are they cutting weight or are they just showing up? <laughs> Let's say it has to be that the, the light heavyweights have to be light heavyweights. Scott and Dana can just show up. So they're weighing <laughs> in the day before. I think fights like this really favor wrestlers like Ryan Bader that are just physically strong and can grind out wins. I think uh, but Nemkov is a bad cat. I think Dana White clearly beat Scott Coker in a fight, but <laughs> doesn't Scott have a legit martial he does. arts background? Am he I does. crazy? Dan, so he does. Scott Coker has a legitimate martial arts background. I think Dana White right. is uh, on that Matt Sarah TRT train right now. So who oh. knows what's what's going on with there? But Thiago Santos and Reyes, I just think that stylistically, a wrestler would with a gas tank like Bader would who fights at heavyweight often would benefit in a fight like that. But this is a, that is an absurd question. I just thought we'd have some fun. That's uh, well, it's by the way, if we're doing elimination style, it really matters who 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 gets the first elimination because I don't know if you guys saw Fight Circus. But there was an incredible <laughs> and and anyone who didn't see it, you can find it free on fightcircus.com or just find it on YouTube because if you have to go through fightcircus.com, you might have to have a really good ad blocker. Uh, so you can find it on YouTube for free from Full Metal Dojo. Uh, you can watch Fight Circus last week, which featured two non-fighters facing a, a, a somewhat experienced pro, and they they beat his ass. Uh, pardon my language, but they beat his ass. And uh, so two versus one is a big difference. Uh, and you guys should check that. Also, you can find the highlights on Misfits, of course, on our own website. So uh, I just wanted to uh, to plug Fight Circus for anyone who hasn't seen it. It is free, people. Go watch it. It'll change your life, not necessarily for the better. We gotta There's, do mixed tag rules, like yeah. only Dan, like if Scott Coker gets tagged in, then Dana yes. automatically. No, exactly. You can't. No, exactly. Exactly. You can't, you can't have, have Nemkov fighting Dana White. No, 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 no. You gotta tag out. What? That's yes. I'm just. Right. I'm going through the comments a few we more times. Time. We got some time. We got some time. Um, we just can't go for like a hundred minutes. Yeah, a lot of people want to see Lazez versus Brady's. Uh, uh, Jessica from the Crystal Crew wants Robbie Lawler versus Brady. <laughs> No, Jessica. Why? I mean, <laughs> no. See, we we have to take we have to take like the nostalgic fanhood, like our our youthfulness out of this. Correct. Because if if we're talking about like development, if we're talking about what like Brady deserves next, he wants a name, and Lala would make sense. Like it would make and, sense. I don't. I don't course. dislike that idea. But it's just I kind of don't want to see it. I don't want us to be taking veterans and just... I know this is how the fight game works, but that is so blatantly just taking a guy with a name to build up Brady. And Brady doesn't need that. Brady, Brady's going to build up a name on his own. Don't worry about that. It might be work a little faster if he beat someone like Robbie Lawler, but I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't like that for him. It did work for Piotr Jan. I mean, that, that favor win pushed him up the you know ranks and, and, and pushed him up in terms of name recognition real fast. So I'm not saying it can't happen. 
All right. I, I think honestly, like the Munir idea is not a bad one. I just I think Brady's like, I think Brady's like way ahead of him right now. So do I. I just I, yeah, I think he's way ahead of him. Well, let him do his thing. Let him cook against you know mediocre. Yes. Not, right. Let him cook. Let him cook. Let I don't Munir cook. Yes, both of them. Yeah, let them let them fight guys. Against, a lot of guys we see, we think again, like Shemaya, as you mentioned before. There's another Shemaya I've mentioned for you people. Uh, we feel like you could throw them against someone in the top ten and they do well, but we don't need to find that out right now. Let let them cook against guys that are closer to their level of experience, closer to their level of name recognition. It's fine. These guys have plenty of time ahead of them in their fight careers. Why rush it? I here's the fight for Munir. Okay, we do okay. Munir versus Lyman Good. That's the fight. Jose, would you like to read this? Uh, Martin says, we want Alexa Grasso in all caps. Yeah. Yep. That was it. Uh, yeah. Well, look, Alexa Grasso looked great tonight. By the way, I, I, I had to bring this up. Did anyone see Bojacinha Depot? Gosh, guys. And I'm not talking to the guys specifically in our chat because I know, I know everyone watching right now and everyone in our chat are, they're perfect gentlemen. They're all scholars or, or, uh, they're all classy ladies. Uh, I, I know we have a, a higher level of fan, but apparently, guys, believe it or not, there are fans out there who are kind of creepy when it comes to some of the female fighters and female celebrities in general. And there's this whole thing about wanting to see female celebrities' feet. Again, I'm sure for most of us, this is the first time we're hearing of this. Um, mm. So I'm sorry to have to, yeah, I'm sorry to have to uh, break this news to you people. It's very disgusting. But God bless Alexa Grasso. She's such a, she's such a sweet lady. She uh, she she obliges this creepy fan. Who wanted to see her feet, and she showed it. And now everyone's going to rush to Twitter now and 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 go to look. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, she she has always had that kind of fan friendly personality, which is good. Um, she's had a lot. She had a lot of hype behind her coming to the UFC. Tonight was a really really strong performance um, against against I, I think a dangerous opponent in in uh, in, in Gian Kim. So, uh, Kim, is, I, Kim is tough, dude. Yeah, Grasso had a lot of respect tough. for. Her. Grasso had a lot. There was no point in the fight where Grasso was like, "I'm gonna like style on her." No, no, no. She was always aware that she was in there with a a, a pit bull, as it were. So, um, but Grasso, I think her home is at 125. I I find it very hard not to look back on some of her performances, 115, and some of her flatter performances, and not think that the weight cut has something to do with it, maturity. But I think she's um I think she's like 27 now or something. I think she's entering the prime of her athletic career, and she um, and she's I think now in the in the right weight class. So there might be some opponents that are a little bit bigger than her, but I think for her health and for her future, this this is the place to be. She looked really, really solid. I agree. I love Alexa Grasso, but no one is beating Shevchenko. Yeah, her, we're not talking about that. Her yet. combinations are beautiful. Like great. her boxing, yeah, con- her counters. Uh, Yim was clearly, I think she would hit harder, but Grasso would just like respond with like a five piece. Uh, and she was connecting with a lot of those counters, especially when she was when she was backpedaling. So uh, that that fight against Carolina, if you want like some good violent combinations back and forth for 15 minutes grosso versus carolina kolokavich in chicago is one of my low-key one of my favorite female fights ever but uh grosso has a lot of fans uh, i was actually i took a while to find that question because i was sifting through a lot of unfortunate <laughs> comments but uh yeah. we're mo- moving could, on you could sell the shevchenko fight though 100 percent, but you, not, you not sell, i mean uh, what not right no no you know, grosso gets one more win but you could sell it you could sell it. there's a lot of hooks there yeah. magni versus kiesa next that one's has this fight. This one of those fights. It was booked at one point, right? Has Probably. To I feel point. like Michael Chiesa has been booked against a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, that uh, has fallen off. But I want to see Neil on Neil. I think that's the fight to make. Yeah. Sorry. No. No Neil yeah. on. No Neil on Mike. We want Neil on Neil. Um, but it did feel like at least a year ago, maybe like eighteen months ago. This was like the perfect matchup for both yeah, of them. I think it's a good uh, fight now. Chiesa is sitting at eight, and Magny uh-huh. is probably going to hop up to what twelve or ten. So I know Chiesa won't fight anyone beneath him. 
uh, in the rankings. So I think Neil on Neil makes sense, and maybe the winner fights Kiesa because Kiesa's had what just had surgery. Uh, yeah. or if I'm not mistaken, who knows when he's coming back? But I think that's a fun fight too. And RDA is now now dropping back to lightweight, so everyone automatically moves up uh, in the division uh, below him. So let's I st- I want to see Neil on Neil. I really like uh, that fight. Waximus one in the comments said, Andrew, don't ruin Neil on Neil. So right. the people have the people have spoken. The people have spoken. Yes, it did tweet out the uh the thought the hmm emojis yeah. after the fight. So because if he if Robbie Lawler had won, I think he would want that fight. I think that's a fight that Kiesa wins. Uh so I think he just wants fights that will move him up the rankings. But moving on. Hold on, uh, one more. Mohegan Sun says, uh Neil versus Neil or uh Neil and Neil versus Shemayev. So there we go. Now we're thinking, guys. Now go. we're <laughs> <laughs> Cam Soda. Uh, yeah, out of please. three of these guys, who's the toughest you think? Of the three oh, of us? us? Yeah, 100%. It's got to be it's, me. It's Mike. It's got to be me. I mean, da- da- Mike has dad, dad strength. Yeah. Mike has dad strength. I'm, dad. I'm one and one in amateur fights. I can't. I couldn't handle that kid <laughs> at this stage of my life. So it's this is it's Mike by default. I haven't been. I actually haven't been in like an actual fight in, I mean, God a long long time i've like broken up fights and like been in weird spots but it was yeah it's been a long time i was a teenager you so have a like child over 20 years ago. you have a child and you're married you're you, you've been battling life every day i do all in the a time. good in a good way in a good way the comments are voting me by the way they say me and oh, me and mike stop. they say me and mike eat alex uh, okay we, 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 we gang up on ak yeah. No, we make him eat. We make we make Alex. You ever see? You ever watch Grains TV? Uh, Robert Whitaker's uh, uh, podcast. It is low key one of the funniest podcasts in the world, just because how dry their delivery is. And they have him and his coach have this debate over who would win or who would survive, uh, who would be the best survivor man in the woods. His coach is like, dude, I'd make you eat yourself. Like I'm just so much more <laughs> mentally strong than you. And like Robert Whitaker is like just so caught off guard by everything that is happening. It's peak mma so if anyone has anyone has like a good two minutes in their life go find that episode that's hilarious let's see i'm going through yeah uh, you do for whatever reason like six more minutes people are saying uh magni versus edwards a lot i like that fight but i if i'm leon edwards i don't take that leon edwards Edwards should be fighting masvidal yeah i mean that's that's the fight that makes sense I have a feeling it's gonna, we're going to see Edwards versus Wonderboy. I'd rather see Magni versus Wonderboy. Like, Magni yeah. versus Wonderboy makes a lot of sense to me, and then you do Edwards versus Mazadal. I just I just don't know if that fight happens. I just don't know if Mazadal thinks, like, Edwards is a big enough draw, but that story, like, sells itself. I don't, I, I don't understand why that fight hasn't been made. It's craziness. I agree. Um, Neil on Neil. For whatever reason, and I don't know why, but we're getting a ton of comments about Marvin Vittori all of a sudden. Uh, so let's talk about it. Are they coming from Marvin himself? No. Well, they're coming from a lot of people, and now people are saying, uh, like, they're trying to fantasy match make welterweights moving up because apparently, like, uh, Mohegan Sun said Mar- Marvin Torrey is so underrated. He's the only guy to go toe-to-toe with Izzy thus far. And then Ricardo chimes in. Marvin Torrey is being ducked. Uh, someone says Leon Edwards should move up and fight Marvin Vittori for the most ducked fighter in MMA title. Uh, it's wild, man. I don't know what, where it came from, but everyone's talking about Marvin Torrey all of a sudden. Are people ducking Marvin? I don't know if they're ducking Marvin Vittori. I just don't know if he has the cachet yet to that. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of these guys ranked ahead of him, uh, you know, that they'd be interested in fighting him. I don't I don't call that ducking. To me, that's not the same thing as ducking. Um, 
ducking is when it seems like oh the most logical sort of obvious matchup and you're kind of on a on a collision course and then you find a way to veer out that's mm-hmm. kind of ducking even then I, I i i do not use the term ducking lightly <laughs> he's close like he's close to breaking through like Vittori? just, just these comments alone yeah, yeah he's just these comments alone he's got people talking his performances about performances are good too um, but so he's, yeah, he's right. He's close. He's probably like another. He's another really good win away. You should fight Brad one Tavares who, or Heinish next. One guy who really wants to fight him is Kevin Holland. Kevin oh, Holland yeah. wants to well, Kevin Holland, Marvin Vittori. Yeah, Kevin Holland, Kevin Holland wants to fight everyone, but especially people named Marvin Vittori. <laughs> yes, Kevin Holland wants, wants to smack him up. There's yeah. there's some history there. So but Marvin, more... Marvin's legit. I I truly yes. think he's like one more good win away from like breaking through and. And, and climbing what, those ranks. I was on the same floor as him in Jacksonville. I have never heard a human being so loud after a fight fallout. Because I was like a good hallway down. Because like I was staying on one end of the hallway. He's on the other. Didn't matter. I could hear him through like seven walls. Just losing his mind. And I knew it was Marvin Vittori because I could hear his accent and I knew he was on that floor and I knew what had happened. I was afraid to go outside because if he would see me, he would take out his wrath on the first human being he saw. He's a bad man. I, I mean, he deserves better. Mm-hmm. He deserves a top 15 fight. I just think he needs like one more win before these other guys are like, all right, I'll fight this guy. Someone wants to chime in on the who would win in a fight between us. Uh, Javon <laughs> says Casey E. Lydon, which is apparently E. Casey Lydon's evil twin. Yeah, Kate, uh, yeah. Right now, Casey probably Casey would probably win that fight. First, now. that dude trains. First of all, secondly, can we get this man's tweets on the UFC broadcast? <laughs> he was hash he was hashtagging properly today. I'm not entirely sure he's even watching the show, but he was hashtagging properly. He was using hashtag UFC Vegas Eight. Uh, he may have been quote tweeting some uh, unrelated, potentially politically charged tweets. Uh, on the side but really is that any reason to keep his tweets off the broadcast come on now so uh it wasn't tonight unfortunately i had a few i thought i thought tonight would be the night but we have yet to see uh, e casey Lydon's uh beautiful mustache featured on the ufc broadcast but that day is coming my friends that day is coming uh right 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 to your local government to uh get, get some support and let's get subway tweet not get on the I broadcast know. that was the best amazing. tweet of the night amazing and let's get one more question in before we call yep. it a day. Yes. We haven't touched upon this at all, but I feel like we have to talk about it. Is Kutalaba versus Ankalaev a cursed fight? I mean, we got to put it in the I have a lot of now. questions about this. Kutalaba tested positive for COVID again. I know he had tested positive before. Like, did he ever recover? Was he training? Was he doing media? Was he doing face-offs? Was he doing weigh-ins? Like, did he ever fully recover from that? Like, that is the question that I have. When I saw that news, did he get it again? Did the anti? Did is his antibodies just through the roof? Like, I, there's a lot of questions I want answered. Yeah, he. I mean, he must have passed. Like, he must have passed all the tests beforehand, because mm-hmm. you got to get tested right away. So he must have passed those, and then he failed another one. Like, when I first saw that, I'm like, oh, it's ankle life because Kudalaba just failed one. Right. Like, I didn't think you could fail two. Right. So I have I, a lot of questions, and I think it's. Uh, I hope. I hope it's. You know. I don't believe in curses. I don't believe in jinxes. I'm sure. not a superstitious man. We've been over this many, many times. But this is weird. I mean, this yes. is a hard one to explain. Uh, let's not forget they did fight. Uh, the, you know, as everyone knows, of course, they fought in February. That incredibly bizarre fight. 
uh, where, first of all, Kutalaba, I don't know where the animosity came from, but like just got right in front of Ankalaev's face before the fight even started. So that was already enough strangeness for, for one day. And then, of course, the fight lasted less than 40 seconds because Kutalaba was hurt or was doing kind of a rope-a-dope faking it. We, we can't be sure. And uh, and there was a, just a horrible, uh, horrible, horrible stoppage by, I just cannot remember the referee. Uh, who was the referee of that fight? I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Um, Herza, was, was it Herzog? It was not. Oh, it was Kevin McDonald. I'm sorry. Oh, Kevin right. McDonald, uh, a fine official, but definitely a rough, a rough moment. Guy. I do not know what he was thinking calling that fight. I was, re- I just rewatched that multiple times. Someone, uh, someone says he thought it was his coach that caught it. So if that's the case, I don't know 100 percent what the situation right. was. I think it was, uh, was a Ricky Simone's coach tested positive or someone in we his just, inner just circle. Now, so yeah. maybe that's yeah, what he was referring partners. to. But I don't know if the, the full details. But if uh, Kutalaba did test positive again for COVID 19, like that. That's, I have a lot of questions. But yeah, they were supposed to fight at 249, which was mm-hmm. originally supposed to be in April. And that goes, uh, of course, the coronavirus canceled that whole event or had it postponed. And then 252 was, like you said, the first Kuchalaba positive test. That was just two weeks ago. And then now today, this morning, we find out another positive test. So uh, I, w- I won't go as far as to say curse, but definitely bizarre. And definitely, uh, unfortunately, it had probably reached that level where the matchmakers are like, should we do this? Do we do we want to put this one together again? Is it worth it? Can we, maybe we should send them in opposite directions. Uh, I, I, for one, hope they rebook it. I just don't, I do want to see this rematch really badly. Um, so no, I'm, I don't think it's cursed, and I and I'm not going to view it that way. What about Julia? Like, look at Julia Avila right now. Okay, she debuted in July of last year. She she was booked to fight Carol Rosa four mm. different times. Mm-hmm. Then when Carol Rosa could have fought, she couldn't get to the U.S. So she gets like a short notice replacement within a week, finishes that fight. Now she's booked to fight Nika Montano. <laughs> Rematch. Again. Yes. For the third time. The third time this fight gets rebooked. So it's supposed to happen next weekend. Now that's not happening. Now it's October 3rd because Nika Montano tested positive for COVID-19, which is a wild story in itself. And October it's 3rd would crazy. be Fight Island, right? Yeah, I, I believe so. Nothing, Nothing official, official yet, but it's looking very likely at this point. Sure. All right. Her, her UFC debut was supposed to be against uh, Melissa Gatto and was instead, and Gatto got injured and was sitting against Planny Kansas. So uh, it, she's she uh, said nine shakes. So Julia Avila has logged two UFC fights, and in neither of them, and now it's soon to be three, and in none of them uh, is she facing the person that she was originally scheduled to face. So when she signs, at this point, she's going to sign these bout agreements and just, she's probably to say, yes, whoever it is, I'm signing on. I'm really signing on for for the date more so than the opponent. Sure. Just let me know when it's let me know when it's time when fight week rolls around. It's time to go. <laughs> All right. She got a new four fight deal out of the whole thing, so good on good her. Good for her. So All we right, lost two one, fights next week. One more for you, Mike. Heck, drop some drop some bars like like rap bars. So I'm gonna I'm, add I'm gonna add one more. I just got another comment. Oh, right. I thought Mike was gonna drop. Yeah. I'm trying to hear heck spits. Uh, this this also just came in. Uh huh. Heck, you got rhythms or what? Uh, one more. It was a t- <laughs> Have a heck of a week, everybody. There's your one line. There you go. Close There's it out, Mike. <laughs> he didn't even need a beat. I was going to give him a beat. He didn't even need it. Word to your mother. Close it out. Vanilla Ice. I got nothing in me. If this, is like, if this is like three hours ago, my kid was running around, I probably could drop a few. But uh, Oh, it's going to happen. Now. It's going to happen now. It's going to happen. Challenge accepted. Yeah. Has to happen. Yeah, I mean, thanks guys. Yeah, you guys, thanks, you guys, guys. you rock. guys are crazy. I say this every week, and I have to say it every week. 
everyone who tunes into the post fight show, you guys are nuts. I know it's not as late as usual. I really get scared when we I see like 400, 500 people tuning right. into like a friggin' 3:30 a.m. Eastern time show. That- or when uh, <laughs> at UFC 247 during the post fight, we were doing the live stream for the the press conference and i was like doing commentary and like interviewing a lot of journalists about how they scored jones reyes and like eighteen thousand people were watching at like two in the morning <laughs> i was like go to sleep but uh, i remember i watched that on uh this is pre-mma fighting days for me yeah. i watched that on my television set. yeah mike jackson and kendrick johnson only fires to score it for john jones i remember that anyway but i uh, it's a random August fight night, and you guys, you guys are joining us once again. You guys about, are the best. You guys are absolutely the best. How about Dominic Reyes with like, I don't, I don't know if we're gonna call it a full-on heel turn tonight, but we're we're bordering there. We're getting there. He was uh he was very vocal tonight. He had a lot of things to say. I think he uh I think he had a few too many adult sodas tonight. Yeah, not just about the main event. He was talking talking that noise about. Like every fight today. Oh, he uh, he also was uh, uh, sh- sh- shot his sh- shot his shot at Alexa Grasso last I saw. Unless it's deleted all. Did of a he? Yeah, he wrote like Alexa Grasso is amazing, and then like he responded with "P.S. I love you so much." Uh, <laughs> class. There you go. Uh, by the way, extra shout out as well to our UK. I see JT MMA saying it's five thirty four a.m. Uh, UK time. So extra shout out, of course, anyone right. watching in in a time zone where it's it's the the crack of dawn or or, you know, whatever. The sun isn't even up yet. Uh, also, shout out to uh, Carlos Gonzalez in the comments who just wrote, Alexander Annoying. I love you too, Carlos Gonzalez. Uh, I love all the guys listening right now. We have, like, just a – it's a variety of flavor here. We got you covered all across the board, all sorts of personalities, all sorts of everything. But uh, you'll hear more from AK on Monday morning when we drop onto the next one right away. So when you wake up Monday morning, you can listen to the podcast right away. We got you covered on that. And uh, I will say this. I was going to make a little promo video for this, but the matchup on between the links that you've all been craving for the last several weeks, I believe is happening this week. Jose, I see the smile on your face. We're going to figure out how to make this thing happen. But uh, who am Jose, I you know who you're facing. I don't know. What's his name? Randy? Jed. I don't know. Randy? Wow. wow. It's like that. It's like that. Is that the, guy who, is that the guy who cuts his own hair? I'm just assuming. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, okay. I don't. I don't, but there's nothing wrong with that. There's something wrong with it when it comes out, like if you're left-handed and you're cutting with your right hair, I'm assuming that's what his case is. Because if, if that's not the case, I don't know what's going on there. Who would you rather Who would you rather beat more in between the links, Jed or Niall? <laughs> I mean, Niall is my son. So first you would have to, I would have to unground him for him to even be on between the links. Like, that's... So, I mean, that wouldn't even, it doesn't even, like, if he wants to be on between the links, he'd have to be like, Jose, can I please be on between the links? I'd be like, I think you need to stay in your room just a little bit longer. And then I'd be like, okay, and then he has to go back. So, uh, it's not even that I want to, just like, what is his name, Jed? He's this next man up. I love it. I'm so excited for that battle. <laughs> I'm ready. The last two have been great between uh, Jed and Sean Rossap, but Sean's going to take a week off and Jose's going to step in and make this thing happen. So, all right, I think we're done here. We've 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 talked everything we could about this event. We'll we'll do it again next Saturday, after uh, Alistair Overeem and Augusto Sakai do the damn thing in the octagon inside the apex. So for Jose Youngs, for AK Lee, thank you all for watching. I am Mike Heck. Have a good night, everybody. Bow. Purr, 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 purr.